Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I am so excited about the opportunity for us to close out our month of women empowerment with a, a mindset a pocketbook, (laughs) and a behavioral shift and transformation. This flip side conversation, we're going to touch on a whole lot of things, and it will round out our goal of being able to talk about the fact that each one of us has an assignment. You are a big deal. (laughs) And living out your purpose on purpose is an opportunity for you to gain clarity, to get honest with yourself, to show up authentically and recognize that it's not only that you know your power, but you own your power. All things that our previous guests up to this evening have already shared with us. And now we're gonna close it out with yet another powerful guest. Her name is Kamashe Pruitt. She enjoys assisting high-achieving marketplace and ministry leaders to take control of their finances and step into their kingdom prosperity by attacking the spirit of poverty. Kamashe is a nationally accredited financial counselor and a certified financial behavioral specialist with over 15 years of experience in the personal financial industry. She's also the founder and visionary of Positioned for Blessings Network. She's an author, a military spouse, and a mom of two. And we just want to welcome you, welcome you to the flip side of adversity conversation, Kamashe. Thank you so much for um, inviting me onto your platform, Dr. Jackson. It's an honor. Um, And I'm just excited to be here and excited for the conversation. I've been looking forward to this conversation all month long. (laughs) So. So have I, because I feel like you're going to provide a perspective around finance that we actually haven't unpacked before. We've talked about money. We've also talked about deficit mindset. We've talked about um, actually uh, managing your finances well as an entrepreneur or as an individual. But you have a specific twist in connecting. I love the title you chose for this episode, um, a kingdom finances and and that there's a mindset and a behavior set that's connected to that. So what's the connection you are making between God, your behavior and your finances? Yeah, so I think that's a really good question. Um, So a lot of times when, you know, we hear people say, 
um, I need to get my finances together. Or even there's there's people out there, those those financial gurus that are out there, just kind of like, hey, you need to, you just need to do it. Um, and so this being in the personal finance industry, I will be in these coaching sessions with clients, or even when I used to work in personal banking, and people they have the desire to do better. But and even if I give them the tools of how to do better, but they still like the very next week or the next time we meet, hey, P, I'm so sorry. I'm, I really want to do this, but I don't know. And so I kept seeing this pattern over and over again. And not only did I see it in my clients, but I saw it in my family members. I saw it in myself. And I was like, okay, God, like what's the disconnect? And he started leaning me towards um, behavioral finance. And I didn't know that's what it was called at first. Um, but eventually I found out that's what it was called. And we can, we're, we're unable to do better without God. Mm. And so um, I, God also had me open up my Bible and look up, you know, the promises that he has for us when it comes to our finances. And so that's where God, basically, he had me go back to school and really study the human brain and, and, and our mind and how we operate and why we operate the way that we do. And then kind of couple that with, but dot, 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 this is what the word says. And so mm-hmm. you can do these things. You do you do have the power and authority to do these things, but you, you have to do them in me. And so as you unpacked, really thinking about and and I immediately think about the scripture in which um I know better but I I can't do better and it's like I want I want I know that I should do better but I can't do better and and it's that rustle that that tussle that struggle between our spirit and our soul our heart and our will our desire and our obedience and when i think about the the understanding that if we all get honest about this that there is a mindset shift that has to happen so that the behavioral shift will show up so what are some of those unproductive money mindsets that got revealed to you as you went back to school and you went back to your word? Yeah. Um, so there's four main ones. There's some other ones that pull off of these four, but the four main ones are, of course, a poverty mindset. And a poverty mindset can kind of go back, can, go, can kind of go two different ways, uh, but I'll come back to that. The second one is a false humility. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're pushing away opportunities because we feel like we're not good enough. Um, but here's the here's the part that makes me laugh because it makes me laugh because I think about myself. Um, then we have the nerve to be upset when the other person who accepted the opportunity um, is promoted and all these different things. Um, the third one is an unhealthy emotional um, emotional money ties. Mm. Um. And then the last one is money is evil. So those are the the main four that I see in my clients, and really that God, um, that God revealed in me. Like He actually had me sit down, and you know the way that I discovered these was because God asked me, "Okay, do you want to be successful in your business?" 
And I said, yeah, of course. And I was going through a fast and God just, there was a random question. <laughs> he just popped in my mind while I was praying. He was like, do you want to be successful? I'm like, of course I do. And then he said, no, I need you to be honest. Do you want to be mm. successful? And mm-hmm. so I just kind of, it was nighttime. I mm-hmm. went and I um, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. And I was like, you know what? I'm scared of wealth. It was so crazy because I teach people about money. <laughs> so wow. it was so weird. I was like, I'm scared of wealth. That's the reason why my prices were what, what they were at that time. That's the reason why every time I would get a big opportunity, I was like, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. But I'm going to refer you to someone else. And so those four money, un- unproductive money mindsets, and I call them unproductive because they're not serving us. No, <laughs> they're not serving no. us at all. And and what I love about what you just said is you first had to deal with you before you went out to try and tell somebody else something you had learned in a book or in a classroom. And it comes off far more authentic and you can not only teach someone, but you can set the example for someone when you have done the work for yourself on yourself, but that can be a really humbling and vulnerable, (laughs) vulnerable process. You started off with the first one, unproductive being that poverty mindset, and you said it could go in two different ways. What did you mean by that? So a lot of times when we think of a poverty mindset, um, we think of people who are cheap. Like you think of someone who's like, oh, they don't want to spend their own money or whatever. Um, that's one way, but then the, the other part is people who spend all their money. They mm-hmm. spend all their money, and they it's like they feel like, well, I don't know when the next time I get some more money, so I'm going to spend it all. I'm going to get everything I want. Instead of, yes. like, they're blinded to the future. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. Uh, he wants us to be blinded to the future. And in the same way with those that are peeing pitching it, and they're keeping everything, they have a nice house, they have nice everything, but they do not, they're scared to spend their money. Um, and so that's also a poverty mindset because when God, when he gave us instructions about wealth, um, we look at first Timothy six, 10 or six, no six, I think 13 or 14. So above that, it talks about how the, the root of the love of money, is the real or evil. We just stick, we just stay there. We don't go there and read the rest of the scripture. If we keep on reading, then God actually gives um, instructions to the wealth, to the wealthy. Mm -hmm. And so the main two instructions were to take care of your household and to be willing to give. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a part of like God. And he wants us to he wants us to enjoy John 10, 10. He wants us to enjoy life, but he also wants us to be able to give. Yes. You know, as you were explaining both continuums of the poverty mindset, my mind actually went, but it's the same coin. It just has two sides. It's still the same coin of fear. It's still the same root of fear. You're just looking at it from two different angles, but the core issue is fear. Mm -hmm. And if you are wedded to or operating from a spirit of fear that is tied to your past because of patterns that you either never saw or you don't want to repeat, 
then you're you're carrying fear from your past into your present and it's blocking your ability to even see possibility in the future when you talk about and you shared in the description we used for this episode um, a spirit of poverty it also reminds me of that spirit of fear and if we are operating from a place of fear, we won't actually read everything we're supposed to read in order to get full context. Mm -hmm. So when you said you woke up and said you have a fear of wealth, what did that mean for you? So for me, I think that's a really good question. Uh, no one's ever asked me that. So for me, I would say admit that I was, um, I didn't value the gifts and the talents that God had, get, had given me. Mm -hmm, and so, mm -hmm. so much so I was, so my, so I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. So my, my prices were low. Um, when I was working as, um, in, in the, in the FinTech company that I used to work for, Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really negotiate my salary. I was kind of like, oh, that's what you're going to give me. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> so it was just kind of those different things. And I have to say, like, I feel like a lot of women struggle with that false humility and it is pulling it, but also like the wealth is, wealth is evil. So, um, I was scared of what money will, will make me do. I thought that, oh, if you get a lot of money, then I'm going to become a bad person. But money just reveals what's already within you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a magnifying mm -hmm. glass for what's mm -hmm. already within you. It's already inside of you. Um, and, and I think that's also why God first dealt with stuff inside of you. Mm -hmm. Because we have to be willing to, to ask God, show me me, so that I can then show up fully and authentically for in the assignment you have given me. And yeah. so you said, there's so much in what you said, because I think about when we are trying to help women feel fully empowered, but when it's your turn to get the promotion, to ask for the raise, to take the position, and you won't negotiate for your, when you, for your own worth, like you mm -hmm. recognize what God has put in you and that it is worthy. You you are worthy of your wages, but you won't ask. You won't negotiate. Now, many people, many people outside of us do. Yes. <laughs> but yes. It's, it's recognizing it's not greed. You're just communicating clarity and understanding your worth. How do you help clients move past that false humility? So it's really, um, I call it complete financial wellness or, or being completely financially healed. And it's really like, you know, you, you talk about the mindset, but I even go a little bit before the mindset and there needs to be like spiritual deliverance. Mm. We need we need to allow God to do His job first. Um, and sometimes I reach people. It, it depends on how I connect with them. If they come to one of my webinars, or if they come into a coaching session and they don't know about the 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 mind the mindset wellness that that I do. But ideally, I like to help people 
with their with spiritual deliverance first, because there's some things that we need to unroot that that well we need to allow God to unroot because we we can't do it by ourselves. Um, and then some of these things could be things from you know work curses that we heard our family say, "Oh, we're always going to be broke," or you know. All these different things. I don't right. like saying them. Right? right? Yeah. But it's true that, that mm-hmm. something that was spoken over you in your childhood or even that you just heard someone say over mm-hmm. and over and over again, it wasn't even said to you, but you kept hearing it. Yes. And it just became a part of your belief system. Mm-hmm. And when you said God asked you, do you want to be successful? And and it's almost like that moment where, of course I do, but do I? Like, am I sabotaging my own self because I'm still holding on to stuff that's unproductive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell yeah. you what. So how are these mindsets actually hindering specifically Christians from stepping into all that God has for them? Um, so a lot of times we, we pray and we ask God for, for certain things, but we think they're supposed to look a certain way. Um, we think that it's just supposed to, you know, I, those that who are listening, who are a part of my following, you got, I, I say this feel like every week, but we feel like we're expecting God to just sit some money on the, on the front yard <laughs> and just like airlift it and drop, you know, like, and fly off. But that's not how it works. So we have to understand who we are as kingdom citizens. I actually, um, Miles Moreau, I, I listened to his book on, on um, forgot which one it was, but it, it was about the kingdom. Um, can't remember the exact title, but just studying how a kingdom works. It's not, mm-hmm. not, not just being a Christian, but just taking it a step further and understanding how a kingdom works. You realize that you have a job to do. And by being aligned um, and being being aligned with God and doing what it is that he's called you to do, the blessings will come. Wow. The blessings will come. When you said you have a job to do, that went to my heart because when I think about sometimes we will walk into wanting something, but are we willing to do the work that is associated with that desire and um, God isn't a genie and he's given us responsibilities um, as as his children, as his heirs, um, as kingdom um, men and women and recognizing, am I willing to do the work not only physically, but even in my behavior, what yes. what have you seen are some of the behaviors that people struggle to do the work to change? So on the surface, um, doing a spending plan. That's kind of an indicator. When, when you understand that you are a steward, that you are stewarding the kingdom's resources, you feel like, oh, okay, I'm, it's not just my money. I am stewarding the kingdom's resources. For me, it felt helping myself. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let me go ahead and make sure that I'm organizing this correctly. So that's that's one thing. And then also just the language. Um, you know, it, it seems minor, but instead of saying, oh, I can't do that, 
um, saying, okay, God, you told me to do this. What's the plan? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's more open-minded. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this to kind of add this to this for about six to seven months, God called me to be a vegan and I didn't understand why. And being a vegan, I realized, I kept saying, there's nothing in the house for me to eat. There's nothing in the house for me to eat. Like, because my, my husband and my kids, like, everything has cheese in it. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing in the house. And God was like, no, you need to change your thinking. There's something in the house for you to eat, but you have to look at it differently and you have to be creative. Mm. And, it's, and, and, that's, yeah. and so I felt like he allowed me to go through the experience so I can understand the difference between an abundant mindset and a poverty mindset. And with yes. an abundant mindset, I was able to find things to eat in, in the house. It was just wasn't my normal. I just step outside of my comfort zone. Step outside my comfort zone. I've got to get creative. I need to shift my perspective and watch how I say it. That bot right there, that's a four-point book right there. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> Because and that was just out of the one habit of you called it a spending plan. Can you define what that is? So it's it's when you um, and I don't like saying the word budget. (laughs) It's budget. I don't know for some some my clients. I call it the B word. They just kind of freeze. So we call it a spending plan. It's a plan for your spending. So you're you're actually sitting down before the month began. Uh, which is key. Um, mm-hmm. I always say you don't want to go into the war and then try to figure out how we're gonna fight. How we're gonna fight this war? <laughs> like this. So before we before the month begins, you sit down and you strategize. And I and I like to call it prophetic budgeting because I invite God and I and I encourage uh, my clients to invite God in the room with you while you're doing your spinning plan and like, okay, God, what's the plan for April? Mm-hmm. What do I need to be aware of for April? Um, and plan your spending plan with him. And so you, you're not only are you planning for your necessities, but you're also planning for those those fun things you want to do, that vacation yes. that you want to do this summer, um, whatever it is that, that you want to do, that wedding that that the wedding that, that you're gonna go to. And you're you're sitting there, you're being intentional, and you're not waiting till the last minute to plan for those things. But you're like, hey, I have a wedding I'm going to go to in, in, in October. I'm going to start putting money aside for that now um, so that I can have fun. And when I leave the wedding, I've left the wedding. I'm not still paying on it on my credit card or whatever the case may be. Um, and so that's basically what a spending plan is. It's when you give a defined, um, not defined, but a detailed plan for how you're going to spend your kingdom resources for, before the month begins. That level of intentionality so that you are setting yourself up to be responsible and a good steward of what God has given you because you asked for this opportunity, you asked for this business, you asked for the ability to um, not have to live on the edge all the time. But there's going to be some things that you have to begin to change. It's mm-hmm. not just going to happen. And you said something else that sometimes it doesn't look the way you thought it would look. So you're not even cued into the fact that this this is what you asked for. It just doesn't look the way you wanted it to look. Can you give an example of of a time in which 
it didn't look the way you thought it would look. And you had to make a flip in order to fully embrace it. Yes. So um, I like to say God is balanced. God is balanced. He is not He is not limited to our ways of, of doing life here on earth. Um, and so I did a webinar, I believe, uh, about a year ago. And God, and so I had an offer that I was going to offer at the end. And God said, you don't need their money. I just need you to serve them. Wow. You do. You, he said, I'm going to pay your bills. I just need you to serve them. Mm. And so, um, and so that's what happened. I had like maybe one person buy something at the end, but then I got a, a seed planted into me um, by someone else just in my cash app. And it was about how much I wanted to make from that. And so it was like, I still did the work. That's what I mean about being aligned. I still did the work, but um, God wanted to bless me in a different way. He wanted to show me that he's not limited to, to me getting a paycheck through other people buying the service for me. It could be just because he moved someone's heart. There is so much in that that I feel like people could truly, if they sat with it, because in that very moment of hearing that small voice that says, no, I don't want you to do that. I just want you to serve. Immediately, I thought about people who are just like, but I'm going to miss out. If I don't do this, then I'm going to miss my chance. Or how is this going to work out? If I don't ask for it, why am I doing this? And all of these questions, instead of just sticking to being obedient and watching that if you focus more on, on obedience, he will prove himself to continue to take care of you so that you don't become so dependent on the business that you forget who gave you the business in the first place and keeps your heart humble and prior and clear priorities about what and why you're doing this. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. I know that there are some, <laughs> there's some people who that um, who have been suffering from the fear of missing out that you just spoke right to them. So we we have about two minutes before we take our first break. And I'm curious if you can just start walking us through who do you work with and how have you found that you've been able to help them overcome the unproductive habits, mindsets, and even language? So um, I specifically work with high achieving women. So these are women who they know how to make money. They know how to make money and they know that God has called them to more, even more than they've already been able to accomplish. Um, and something that I do is very simple, um, but you don't get it a lot from other financial professionals. Um, I just, I, I don't make them feel stupid. Mm -hmm. I honor them for, for who they are. I meet them where they are and we laugh about it. I make finances funny. And through the laughter, I feel like the other day God told me that he, he speaks to me through my laughter and he heals through laughter. And so through laughter, we, we, we kind of go through the process um, of helping them adopting a kingdom money mindset. You... <laughs> 
understanding that you can go to someone who's going to guide you through your finances and you're not going to feel stupid on the other end of that that by itself is a yes check she's the right one for me (laughs) (laughs) but um in the work that we do we do a lot of work around um, neuroscience and really understanding how you shift and change and heal and laughter is such a healing tool and instrument for our soul and for our mind and it's often the thing that was fun is the thing that you will remember so if you are teaching them skills within the laughter i can see how they're continuing to grow to prosper and change because it is usually the thing that has brought you fun and joy and laughter those are the things that we hold on to Wow, we have only begun to scratch the surface and we're halfway through this first um, conversation with um, Kamache Pruitt. And I want you to make sure that you take a pen and a piece of paper and write down the question, do you want to be successful? And begin to answer that question honestly for yourself don't be quick about it don't rush through it put it next to your nightstand but begin to actually ask yourself that question and wait for the answer and then be honest about writing it down to begin to hold yourself accountable for the necessary change for you to fulfill the full assignment that is in front of you Well, we're getting ready to take our first break. And before we take this break, I want to also remind people that tomorrow I am going to be rejoining one of our previous guests from She Publishing. And Shanitha has invited me to be able to be a part of their launch podcast of um, Confessions of a Publisher. So I'm going to be their very first host (laughs) to launch off this podcast. That will be tomorrow, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And I hope you will join us here back on Facebook tomorrow for that launch. And again, another partnership with a powerful woman in business, She Publishing, This is only the first of the collaborative partnerships and opportunities that you're going to see us do, but that's tomorrow, 7 o'clock Central Time and 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And we've still got more to talk about with Kamashe, so we'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. At Voice America TRN. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. 
It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a conversation on Kingdom Finances uh, with Kamashe Pruitt, and she has been walking us through the intersection between our behavior, our faith, and our finances. And it has been a powerful set of nuggets that she's played out for us in her own um revelation of her own journey of what has become true for her and then now she pays it forward in obedience to her clients and so i was just asking her i want to make sure that we share with people where they can find you and how they can follow you sure so you can um follow me on my business page which is tower above finance so t-o-w-e-r a-B-O-V-E-F-I-N-A-N-C-E. Um, then my personal Instagram page is Common Shape Pruitt. So K-I-A-M-E-S-H-E-A and then Pruitt, P-R-E-W-I-T-T. Um, so those are my main two pages. Um, I also want to invite everyone to, I'm having a free um, webinar called Master Your Finances. Um, it's time for your money to serve you. So you can register for that at positionwebinar.com. So P-O-S-I-T-I-O-N-E-D-W-E-B-N-A-I-R.com. Um, so, and I'll also make sure I have a link on my um, Facebook page so you can find me. You can just search my name, Kamashe. I'm like, it's only one other Kamashe. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so you should be, it should be really easy to find me. Wonderful. So we did have a question that dropped into um, the comments from Chayla Bruno. And she said, being successful can mean different things to people. How do you define success? Um, so that's a really good question. Um, when I was Really, when I was a little girl, God kind of gave me a vision of success for me. And so funny story, I originally started out in the music industry. I wanted to be a business manager for entertainers. Um, and then God kind of flipped the, flipped the script on me. I'm um, still doing uh, money management, but just in a different way. 
kind of like it doesn't look the way I thought it was gonna look. Um, <laughs> and so I was thought I saw spotlights on me, and that God always showed me that um, you know money wouldn't be an issue for me, and so. Um, and that I would be able to like give to whoever I wanted to give to. So that was for me. And so I think that's a really good um, question because as you're answering the question, do you want to be successful? You should probably also go ahead and define what success is for you. Um, I just know that was that there was a certain um, something that God showed me when I was just really young, but I had been striving for, but I was like, okay, God, you said S, Y, and Z. And he's like, yeah, I did say it, but you keep pushing away opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a hard time getting you there. So yeah, so that's what success is for me. And I appreciate how you just made it clear that success is going to be individual. And so you have to begin to do your own internal work of what will success look like because if you don't get clear on what it will look like you will miss the doorways to the full potential of walking in it because you have put success tied to a position or a title or an opportunity or even a dollar amount Mm -hmm. and those things are are external when success The definition of success is an internal journey that really is tied to purpose and potential. Mm -hmm. And if we can take our eyes off of, I know in this current culture that we are in right now, it is very difficult to take our eyes off of what other people are doing. But if we can move away from the struggle of comparison and really sit with who am I called to be? Mm-hmm. What is my assignment? And what is the full potential? If I'm walking in my full potential, what does that look like? And you'll begin to outline success. It's yeah. an internal journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that because um, I was having a conversation with my husband a couple of days ago and I don't know how we got on this subject, but he said, if you think about it, you've all, you're already successful. Um, and I, I thought about it and I was like, I am. Because like you said, it's an internal, like, I know I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing that God has placed on my plate to do. Um, I know my relationship with God. I know that I'm serving God's people. I know that I'm comfortable in my own skin. Um, so that's what I really love that you broke that down like that. Yeah. When, when I think about, um, and Keith and I were just having this conversation earlier that sometimes people are so caught up in doing and getting and being seen that they lose sight of the fact that they're not asking themselves, why am I doing this? How was this going to allow me to add value? Sometimes we are chasing after something, thinking that it's going to give us something and and that's going to be what the success is. And it becomes hollow. You become confused. 
and you end up wasting a bunch of money trying to chase after something when you actually needed to get still Mm -hmm. and get clear on why you're doing it. Why are you picking that thing? Mm -hmm. Why are you pursuing that thing? And how will it add value to others that you have been assigned to do, to to, to serve? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who would you say you have been able to deeply impact with the the connection to behavior? So not necessarily a, a particular person or name, but... A, a character type oh. that that this character type keeps showing up for you and you found that, ah, I've got a special niche with this character type. Um, when you said that the first words that came to my mind were free spirits. <laughs> so um, when I think about most of my clients, they're like all over the place. Um, they're like, oh, I'm so glad you called me. I totally forgot about our session today. <laughs> but, um, and they appreciate, you know, me being, um, I don't know, I guess having structure. Um, and maybe it's just come with being, being in the personal finance industry, but I have a structure. But at the same time, I'm willing to um, adjust it to make sure they feel comfortable because it's it's them that feel that, you know, I'm doing this for them. I'm not doing this for myself. <laughs> so, but, so it's basically someone who's, like I said, wildly successful in whatever field they're in. They may or may not be, um, have a full-time um, role as an employee, as an employee or as an entrepreneur. Um, but they know they are called to greatness. They know that they are called to more and whether or not they've been able to tap into that more. Um, a lot of times I realize that God kind of helps me intersect them when they're kind of like, okay, I don't, I can go this way or this way, or, or either I'm stuck. I don't know where else to go. Um, this person is of course, loves God really, really the really has the desire to be pleasing to God when it comes to their finances, when it comes to their life. So, so, so much so that um, they can, like, God has given me a, a prophetic a gifting. And so I won't tell them I have it, but they are like, God's been talking to you because you, you have, you're all about business. I didn't tell you that. So, um, and so they respect that. They respect that. Like I have a relationship with God. I'm going to bring God into the, into the meeting. Um, but then also these clients are also very open-minded because they've kind of run to the end of, the, of their, their list. Like I, they've tried to do it themselves. They try to work with a financial professional, but they just didn't click. I actually had someone say, um, KP, I would just talk to another financial professional and it was so dry. Like it was so, <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to fall asleep on the phone while I was talking to them. They're like talking to you. I've laughed so many times and I forget that we're talking about money. Um, and I've even had another, uh, they celebrate me because my birthday was in February. And, uh, one of my clients said, can't believe I'm going to say this, but I love my financial counselor. Like I really, like, I really enjoy being your present. So, um, so kind of bring it back to your question. This person is wildly successful. 
They know that there's a calling on their life. A lot of times they're first generation in their family to do what they're doing. So they have this grit about them. It's kind of like, I don't care what nobody say. I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, and they love God and they're open minded. But you know what? The, there's pow- There's a powerful statement in that that I think ties directly to your behavioral science piece. Because if they are first generation, they are doing something they don't have a script for. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I can see being all over the place and and also getting stuck like i've tried all of these things because they don't have a script for what they are doing cuz they're the first ones in their family to actually walk this thing out and so being open minded i absolutely can see how you're going to have to begin to adopt habits that you've actually never seen anybody else in your family do yeah. which is deep Mm-hmm. That is deep. What are some of the what are some of the habits? So I know a couple of people who ha- are listening and they you literally just described them when you said I am all over the page. <laughs> and the moment you said that, I was like, "Huh? She just hit she just stepped on somebody's toes." <laughs> Can you give us three concrete habits? that you have found to help clients actually gain kind of that discipline and begin to bring it in? So the first thing, number one, lean out on your own understanding. Lean out. It's not going to look like what you thought it's going to look like. (laughs) No, no. Um, There's so many testimonies I can say from there. One thing (laughs) Lean not on your own understanding. Um, also, God just gave you this one. Eyesight is the enemy to faith. Mm. Yeah. But because we can see, we're like, oh, I don't, I don't understand how this is going to happen. And then I have clients that spiral out because they're like, I don't see how it's going to happen. KP, like, you got to be patient. You got to wait for God. Trust the process, right? Trust the process. Trust the process. Yes. So, and then number three, um, routine. So having, I suggest to my clients, um, I have a membership and I work with them on their, on their spending plan, but I, I give them homework on the weekly basis and that's, you need to have a, a date with your spending plan on a weekly basis. You need to be talking to it and telling it what to do and exercising your dominion and authority with it. And so you can call it whatever you want to call it, whatever's going to make you show up. Uh, I call it a, a weekly budget meeting, but some of my clients call it a budget date or whatever they want to call it. But that is and put it in your calendar. I work with someone I was getting today. ready to say the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with someone today and we had a quick session. I said, okay, before we get off of here, I need you to put that in your calendar. Um, and she's mm-hmm. like, okay. And I said, I'm going to call you the first day to see how, how it's going. And she was like, they mean I have to actually do it. I said, yes. <laughs> you have to actually do it. It's not just an alarm that you're going to like, this knock off on that. AP may show up on your phone. <laughs> so, but yeah, so um, lean out on your own understanding. Um, you need to, you know, check your eyesight because faith, faith is, is 
it, here's the thing. God doesn't care about our money. He doesn't. Right? He doesn't. He does not care. It actually care. <laughs> isn't even about the money. No. <laughs> it's about the process and the obedience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's not. So many times my clients are like, okay, KP, I thought we were talking about money. Why are you in my business? Why are we, why are we talking about X, Y, and Z? I was like, because it's all connected. It's yeah. all connected. Um, so yeah, it's not about your money. It's more so about your faith. It's more so about the process. And then we actually have to do something tangible. This like, for me, I always joke how my struggle with working out consistently is kind of how other people feel about their struggle with their finances. I work out and when I go in, I go hard, but then it's like, I don't know if I'm going to see my trainer next week or not. Cause I just kind of, I need someone, I need eyes on me. And that's another thing. I understand that my clients, they need eyes. Um, so if I need to hop on FaceTime <laughs> and see how you do it, I will. Cause I understand what's waiting in the balance for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So stop keeping it kind of as this, um, this behavior that you're going to get to one day. This is the day. Mm-hmm. And begin to create the discipline of writing it down, scheduling a date with your spending plan consistently every week Mm -hmm. and recognize it. Even if Kamashe is not your financial um, consultant, you need an accountability partner to hold you accountable to did you actually visit and spend some time looking at your spending plan? Because, I, I, you know, that's not my field, but I think people lose track of their finances because they don't look at them. They don't track them. <laughs> they don't track them. Yeah. And as you become more accountable to that, it allows you to see the process unfold. And lastly, you touched on something that's really important to living strong and that's that relational coaching piece that all of this happens in the context of a healthy relationship and connection and when not only are you fortifying your faith but you're also establishing a trust with a fellow believer um and it allows you to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have about um, three or four minutes and I'd love to hear about a testimonial. Do you have a testimonial of a client that actually used the process and found benefits? Yes. So um, I have a client um, who we actually met last year, last February. Um, and when we first and, I, and I, I love using her testimony because she is so real. And if you go to my Instagram, I actually did an interview with her and you will hear the same story from her mouth. So, um, but when we first met, she kind of looked at me like, and I read body language. Like when we do a session, I need, I need to open up your camera because I'm going to read your body language. And she was saying really nice things when she was looking at me like, you're not going to look at my finances. Like we're not, we're not going to do this. And so um, I didn't put any pressure on her. Uh, Normally I do follow up with clients, but her particularly, like I really felt led not to follow up with her to give her space. And so I did. And fast forward, um, 
that summer uh, timeframe, about July, August timeframe, um, I did a financial challenge and she, uh, she joined the challenge and she was, when I tell you she participated, she participated. And this is something that's really important when I say like an open mindset. I can't make you have an open mindset. You have to come to me with an open mindset. Um, and so she came with an open mindset and she was hungry and she ate up everything <laughs> that I was serving up. Um, so much so with the, the challenge was um, three days. And in the midst of those three days, she got a promotion just because of her yes of showing up. Wow. Uh, I actually believe she got two promotions. And just because she doing the, the, the challenge, we talked about uh, false humility, a poverty mindset. And we, we talked about those things. And I had, had them do journaling and spending time with God to really write out how they were feeling. And because she was dealing with those things, um, she had the courage to go talk to her boss about um, another position. Yes. Within that same week, she immediately did it within that same week. And she got it within the same week as well. Wow. Um, and so we're still working together and she's still having breakthroughs. But that's when I realized the power in what it is that God has me doing, that he just wanted, he just wants our yes. And if we give him our yes, um, I always say obedience, um, favor follows obedience. Um, mm. And so as soon as we give God our yes, he He wants to bless us. I don't know if people realize that, but God, like, he wants to bless us. Like a dad wants to spoil his child. He wants to bless us. But we he also doesn't want the blessings to, to curse us or right. to be, we have to be um, ready for it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, which is what the membership is called, you know, position for blessing, being in position for the increase, being ready for the increase. But, but yeah, that's, that's one testimony. Yes. In, in community, you, you allowed her to prepare her mind to get open and then she had to execute. And again, okay. I love how we're talking about finance, um, but this really starts with your mind and unpacking the things that have been holding you hostage in your belief system, in your faith, and in your walk. Wow, Kamishche, this has been a powerful conversation, and I appreciate your openness and your honesty. And just tell people the the the. Um, how they can access the master class you're getting ready to. We got about 30 seconds. So if you go to positionwebinar.com, P-O-S-I-T-I-O-N-E-D-W-E-B-I-N-A-R.com, then you can sign up for the free webinar, Master Your Finances. It's time for your money to serve you. Yes, indeed. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. It has been five episodes of Women's Empowerment for Women's History Month. And we have tried to serve you and provide you with insight, with encouragement, continuing to affirm and confirm that you are here on purpose and God has a purpose for you. And it's now time for you to walk it out. So, It has been an amazing conversation. Same time, same place next week, right here on the flip side. We'll see you then. 
Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.